Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy. Better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. As promised, I am doing an election podcast. By the time that you're listening to this, you're either going to be listening on election eve, election day, election night. That's why I'm putting it up today. It's Monday. Let it run until Wednesday. Because I want you guys to be prepared. It's been a long four years. I I knew it the day that Trump got in office. I said, man, it's going to be a long four years. I knew it was going to be bad. Didn't know it was going to be this bad. (laughs) And here's the thing. I knew the bad was going to be really bad. I knew it was going to be bad. But I didn't know it was going to be this bad. But here we are four years later. We've survived barely. And now we have to decide what type of country we're going to be going forward. And let me just say I don't have a lot of confidence (laughs) in us making the right decision. But because I'm an analyst, it's my job to break things down for you. I just want you to be prepared for what potentially could happen. So you know what to do, how to react. That's my job. So let's talk about the preferred outcome first. The preferred outcome, of course, would be a landslide for Joe Biden. Meaning it was so overwhelmingly for Biden that there is nothing to challenge. That's the ideal outcome. I don't think it's the likely outcome, but ideally, that would be the best. You know, what do you need? You need 270 electoral college votes to win. Honestly, that, that's a system that needs to go away as well, to be honest with you. It's an antiquated system and not really a good way to elect a president. <laughs> but whatever the case, if 270 is the number, the ideal outcome is Joe Biden is like in the high 300s, like 350, 380, something that can't be challenged. At that point, I think it's not necessarily that we can relax per se, but it'd be hard pressed for the thing for, for it to drag on for weeks and months and and all of this stuff. Yeah, Trump still a cry and whine about certain things, but you know if, if Biden got 350, 360. It's going to fall on deaf ears. Now, that's the ideal situation. I don't think it's going to happen that way. Because there's a lot of racist people in our country. So, first off, don't listen to polls. So, if you haven't already mailed in your ballot and everything, make sure you go and drop it off or or do the drive up or whatever you got to do. As you can see, the Republicans are actively trying to suppress your vote. That's what they try to do when they know that they're losing. 
But it works sometimes. They have these, that's what I always talk about. They have these judges and Supreme Court justices, local, federal, state judges on their side and stuff. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to intimidate you. They got the, the caravans going. They're trying to block traffic. They're trying to do everything they had. That, that's, that's, they're like a dirty boxer. When a boxer knows that he doesn't have the skills or talent to win a fight, they start to try to win by any means necessary. Low blows, head butts, elbows. They get dirty inside the ring. That's one of the differences between Republicans and Democrats. That Republicans are willing to use the elbows, willing to head butt, willing to cheat, low blow, trip you. Basically, the Republicans are like Deontay Wilder. With their, with their, the, 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 the Republicans are like what Deontay Wilder says Tyson Fury is. You know, he, he cheated. You got gloves. The gloves are messed up. There's something in the thing. The water's tainted. They, that's how Republicans are for real. For the record, I don't, I don't believe any of the stuff Deontay Wilder is saying. But that's, that's how they fight. They fight dirty. So I don't think that the, the ideal outcome of, of, of Biden winning by the landslide is going to happen. So we need to talk about the realistic outcome. We need to talk about reality. So in reality, two things likely could happen. One, Biden wins by a small majority or Trump wins by a small majority. It's one of the two. Let's take the latter first, not the former. Let's say Trump wins again. Well, it's just over for us. Like, I mean, that, that, you know, you know what was it? Fool me once. You know, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me three times. You know, whatever. <laughs> How did George Bush say it? Where, where's that George Bush? Where's that George Bush uh, quote? That's the. It's bad when people are like, man, I wish George Bush was still the president. Where's that George Bush uh, quote? Let me find that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> George Bush was funny. What did you say? Let's get, let's get George Bush up here. In our state, my speech to the nation, whatever you want to call it, speech to the nation. I know that human being and fish can coexist peacefully. And America needs a military where our breasts and brightest are proud to serve and proud to stay. If you're a single mother with two children, which is the toughest job in America as far as I'm concerned, and you're working hard to put food on your family, clearly <laughs> the question I ask, are, is our children learning? The docs are getting out of business. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their, their love with women all across the country. See, I don't think you can be. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. If fool me, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> we got an issue in America. Oh, man, there's something wrong with, with George W. Bush. But the fact of the matter is this, is that I had to put all those little clips in there from George Bush because he's funny. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you know, if Trump wins again, we have to just deal with the reality of what our country is. We're a terrible country. We're, we, and we've been a terrible country for a long period of time. It's not like we just turned terrible in 2016. 
you know, if if Trump wins again, it's a it's going to be here's the he's and he's going to be worse for the ne- the next four years because think about how bad he's been and how crazy he talks, knowing that he needs to get reelected. Now imagine knowing that you know there's no chance of him getting reelected again. He can do whatever he wants. We may not make it. Yeah, we we may not make it. But if he wins by, a, let's say, a small majority, then the Democrats are going to try, but they, they don't get down in the mud like the Republicans. So, you know, they may challenge stuff because all of a sudden, everything that Trump was talking about, the mail-in ballots or, or disaster and, and, and it should be counted and, to, you know, everything should be counted on Election Day and there's so much fraud and blah, blah, blah. All that will go away. After that... If he wins, it'll be, you know, we had the perfect election. That's just how it's going to be. And unfortunately, what it's going to do is it's going to embolden his base even more. And his base to fill with, you know, racist and white supremacists and very violent individuals. So, you know, it won't be a, you know, a civil war in a sense like in the 1700s or anything. But, and, and you really want to look at it in updated times, that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be too divided, you know, the country's going to be divided more than it is right now. And it would take, you know, decades, if not another, you know, it's going to take a while. I I thought, you know, growing up, right, you know, so growing up in the, the you know, my teen years and early adulthood in the, the mid-90s, early 2000s, right, I thought by 2020, we'll be better than this. My thought was always, you know, it's one thing to grow up in the, the, the slavery era. It's one thing to grow up in the civil rights era, era and all of this stuff. I figured the kids that grew up in my era would be better adults as opposed to, you know, the racism and all that stuff. But what I've learned is that those type of things are passed down. <laughs> So those kids who you would think would be like, you know, more independent thinkers because maybe they'd be exposed to more things. It's not necessarily true for a good portion uh, of the country. It's just racism passed down from generation to generation to generation or indifference towards racism from in generation to generation to generation. You know, I will say this. There's a lot of white people that, that hate what's going on. I, I want to point that out because, you know, sometimes it can feel like you're just talking about white people, white people, white people. No, it's, it's, there's a lot of white people. Because, look, it's bad on them. Imagine you being a white person that's not racist, right? You know, it's, it's not as bad as the discrimination, you know, for people. But you still have that stigma because of all these other idiots out there. It's the same way, like, if a black, I always say this, if, if a white person is watching the news and a black person murders somebody. It affects the way that they look at other black people. Now, if a white person murders somebody, they don't care. It doesn't affect them at all. But, and if you flip that around for black people, if we out here, we're seeing all these Trump people on the caravans with the guns. We see the cops shooting us all the time. Of course, we're going to be a little hesitant around any white person. Any cops, the whole thing about cops is like, oh, well, there's good, there's, there's bad apples and there's good apples. But if the majority of the apples are bad, you know, like 90% of the apples are bad, you know, that's too bad. The 10%, you know, how do you even see those? 
That's like saying a little bit of a batch of something is poison. <laughs> so you have a batch of strawberries, right? And they say, well, just a few of these strawberries are poison. But you don't know which ones are poison and which ones are not. You just throw away the whole batch. You don't take your chances, especially with your life. See, it's one thing to be like, well, one of these strawberries is sweeter than the other or more sour. And you have a preference for sweet and sour. You might take your chances there, right? It's not life or death. With a cop, it could be life or death. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a totally different dynamic. So if you say, well, one of these strawberries are poison and the other 20 are good, you, you still may, you don't want to take the risk. Strawberry is not that important. So we could just be headed toward anarchy. Dep I think people just be depressed and they because you have to understand Trump doesn't care about his his base and they're a bunch of hicks anyway. <laughs> so it, it's it's just it's like we're two different countries. Honestly. And we, we have to we have to stop acting like we're you know we're the world's greatest country. We're not. Not close. I mean we may not here's we may not be like number you know, if it's top one hundred, we may not be a hundred. We're not in the top ten. You know, we're not on the on the high scale. We're below average. We're like getting D's. You know what I'm saying? We're not even getting C's right now. We're getting D's. Now, what happens if Joseph Biden wins? Well, some positives and some negatives to that. I think initially, the positive is there'll be some stability at least. In our country. Well you don't have an idiot. Running the country that just cares about his self interest. Uh, I think a lot of the. Followers. Of. Trump will, will go back into their home. Because he. He's not going to. The, the thing about a cult. Is you know once the leader goes down. A lot of the, the followers just kind of go away. They're still there. Uh, but they won't be emboldened because they know they won't have somebody to have their back. I mean, Trump literally just said that the the, the, the ones in the truck that tried to drive the, bu the Biden bus off the road, they were okay, good people. So, yeah, I think mean, I can see why they act the way that they do. Biden wins, they know they don't have that, and, you know, they go back into their hole, at least a portion of them. Trump does his best to try not to get arrested, goes back to his gold house, Probably, you know, does another TV show or whatever. So, additionally, we have some stability. The, now, the issue still remains. Uh, even if Biden is the president, if the Senate and the House are not Democratic or Democrats, we still end up with the same issues as far as getting the type of legislation change uh, that is helpful for equality and, and specifically black people. So it's not the same problem. It's just, you know, maybe some of the other stuff dies down a bit, but there's still an issue. It, you know, there's still an issue with the cops. There's still an issue with guns. There's still an issue with militias and there's still an issue with white supremacy and all this. Those issues still are out there. So the one thing we can't do is just, like I said, we may relax for a little bit, but you have to realize the fight's not over. You don't, one of the problems, the reason that Trump was able to, to get into office is we got lazy under Obama. 
we thought things were moving in the right direction, not even seeing the enemy come up from behind. That's what I mean when you get lazy. So I understand that people are so frustrated with Trump that if they win, it'd be hallelujah. But there's still so much that needs to be changed. We're not close to being where we need to be. And the fact that we would have to undo a lot of the damage that Trump did, it's going to take some time. That's going to take some time. Because you have to remember, Trump is just the Republican that says it out loud. What he's saying is not really that different than their whole party. He's just saying it aloud. Now these guys like Mike Pence get back to doing what they normally do is not saying it aloud, but still pushing the legislation and still you know doing those things. So you have to be aware of that. Uh, Twitter's going to be a cesspool. So for your mental health, you may want to, you know, you may want to either stay away or, or prepare yourself. The, Oh, that's the other thing I want to say. Media. And I, I say this, and I want you to understand this. On the lowest of keys, the media wants Trump to win. Not some of the front-facing media. Meaning, yeah, I don't think Anderson Cooper wants him to win or, or uh, Don Lemon. I'm talking about behind the scenes. Because he's TV gold. Even if he's destroyed our country, he's good for ratings. It's like why do people watch reality shows? It's not for the content. It's not for the quality. It's because it's a train wreck. People like train wrecks. That's why stuff like The Bachelor is on for like 30 years. In, in reality, that's what people want. They want a train wreck. They love train wrecks. So the media is going to be really paying attention. Because like I told you before, like how much politics did you really talk about before Trump? Not a lot. I just you just be honest. That you were into that type of thing. So be prepared. Be safe. Um, because if Trump wins, let's talk about that for a minute. For, for even if it's a small majority, it's 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 definitely going to be some angst. And if Biden wins. You know, I can't call it, to be honest with you. I don't know if, if Trump's people are just going to lose it, start flooding the streets and doing all type of crazy stuff. But you can't rule it out. Especially if he feels like he has nothing to lose because it's set off the mob. And honestly, I think I think Trump is kind of conflicted. I don't think he, he never really wanted the job because it's work. He wanted the title. You, understand, you know what I mean? Like, some people like the title. The title of president is great. He have a lot of power. But, you know, there's actually work involved, and he doesn't like to work. We, we know that. So I think on one hand, hand he's like, eh, I wouldn't, he wouldn't mind if he lost. But on the other hand, he's, a, he, he's an egomaniac, so he can't take the fact that he would lose. So it can go either way. So he can, you know, he can lose and get up there and be like, hey, if he literally said, hey, take to the streets and do whatever, they'd do it because that's what Colts do. So be safe, stay inside, uh, just to be on the safe side, especially when you're in some of these hillbilly towns. If you're a black person in one of these hillbilly towns, it's always, you know, and you know what I'm talking about. You've you know, been raised there. It's, you know, it's 10,000 people there and, you know, it's 500 black people. Like, if you're in these hillbilly towns, I would just stay inside. 
if you could, maybe, you know, take a, a little mini vacation to somebody in the, in the bigger city, if you could. Because you can't trust them. All right, enough with the political stuff. This is, this is something that always oh, grinds my gears. This grinds my gears. What have I always talked about when it comes to black people in margin of error? I talk about all the time, margin of error. First of all, do you know what the margin of error means, right? It means, you know, like if you use percentages, it's percentages of what you could do wrong, you know, before something goes bad, right? So if you're making a, say, a right turn, you know, your margin of error to not hit the curve may be two feet, three feet, ten feet. Now, maybe the bigger the street, the bigger the margin of error, right? So if it's a really tight corner, you know, like I said, maybe two feet. It's a big wide corner. You know, you got a little more room on the on the left side. Maybe it's 10 feet. Right? Margin of error. That's what we're talking about. Now, when it comes to people that look like you and me, the margin of error for pretty much anything is very low. Super, super low. No matter what we do, what we say, how we do it, how well we do it, how well we don't do it, it's very low. Now, I mention this because I have no problems with critiques, criticisms, because none of us are without fault. So it's okay to critique someone. Specifically, it's okay to critique an athlete. No matter how great the athlete is. LeBron has eight turnovers in the first half. You can critique that. If if Tom Brady throws two pick sixes, you can critique that. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue that I have is margin of error critiques, meaning that are you critiquing because the person who you're giving the criticism to, you already had negative connotations about. So you're quicker to critique than you would someone else, which brings us to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was the MVP in his first full season as a quarterback. Ravens went 14 and 2. He was he was lost to the Titans in the playoffs. He has trouble beating the, the Chiefs. I believe as a starter, he's 24 and 5. Okay? 24 and 5. Now, is he playing great? Is he playing at an MVP level this year? No, not at all. Not at all. Fair critique. But my God, you would think that the man has fell off the map. You would think. By, if you just read social media and listen to some of these people, you would think that it was just terrible what's happening right now. I promise you, somebody landed here from Jupiter and was like, hmm, what's going on with Lamar Jackson? He must be the worst quarterback of all time. But if you look at the actual stats of the situation, it's not that at all. Granted, not MVP level at all. But... 60% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, about 400 rushing yards, and the Ravens are five and two. They took a shellacking by the Chiefs, and they lost a close game yesterday to the Steelers. Not awful. Not terrible. But, you know, a first uh, an all-pro MVP hasn't even had the equivalent of Two years of starting. He's only had 29 starts in his career. 
it, 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 it's odd to me because this this is how the trajectory has went. It went from he should be a receiver, okay. <laughs> you know, he shouldn't even play quarterback. To him falling in the draft. To him just, well, he's, you know, he's running back, playing quarterback. Then it was to him being, you know, an actual quarterback that can run, you know, MVP. To it, well, he can't win playoff games, even though he's only been in two. <laughs> to now the league is caught up to him. That that's that's the trajectory. Now, if you go back to when he was drafted, which was once again not too long ago. I mean, we're literally talking. This is his third season in the NFL. Let's just take a look at at that draft. Now, who are the quarterbacks that were drafted? Now, you tell me. Are these quarterbacks? Who would you rather have? So you had Baker Mayfield, who's had ups and downs. Let's just say with the Browns. Now, if you look at May- Baker Mayfield's talent across the board, especially on the offensive side, it dwarfs, I would say, Lamar Jackson's talent. He has no Odell Beckham. He has no Jarvis Landry. He has uh, no Nick Chubb. I mean, he has good running backs. He has good tight ends. But he doesn't have an impact wide receiver as good as Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry. And he's been up and down. I would say Baker has gotten his fair share of critiques up and down. And you have Sam Darnold. Now, would you rather be Sam Darnold or Lamar Jackson? Now, Sam Donald's been put in a situation that's not helpful to him with the Jets. But let's just be honest, he's been terrible. Maybe not all of his fault, but he's been terrible. Then you have, you know, Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen's been good with the Bills, but he started off real rocky. He's had some up and down. You know, him and Lamar, have the same record. They're five and two. They're not necessarily setting the world on fire. <laughs> like Josh Allen got off to a really good start to the season. He was on fire. Last one, two, three, four games, he has four interceptions, four touchdowns. It's been okay. <laughs> you hear nary a, uh, a comment about Josh Allen. Except to hype him up. We won't even need to talk about Josh Rosen. Once again, a little bit, you know, out of his hands, but still. If you if you said to any fan of any team, say you drafted a quarterback, right, in 2018, he started 29 games, he's went... 24 and 5 in those games. He has in his career, right? We're talking about, you know, his career. He has 54 touchdowns passing. 
only 13 interceptions in his career. And on top of that, he's also rushed for 2,300 yards and an additional 14 touchdowns in the games that he started. 29 games. Not even a complete two seasons worth. It's something that Lamar Jackson is going to have to deal with. Because a normal person would say that's great. A normal person would say if you draft a quarterback 32 in the draft and he ends up being a, a league MVP. There's, there's only, you know, there's only been so many league MVPs. Like CBS had a poll like, will Lamar Jackson ever win another MVP again? Only nine players in the history of the NFL have won more than one MVP. Nine. Nine. And none of them, none of them won as in their second year of the league. Nine. That's just, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, one of the, the issues is that he's compared to Patrick Mahomes. And it's one of those type of things with black people where it can never be two different styles. If they're going to accept one style, then every every other black quarterback has to have that style. Like, nobody could be Patrick Mahomes. But also, people don't understand that Patrick Mahomes has a totally different trajectory. People don't talk about the fact that Patrick Mahomes sat for an entire year behind Alex Smith. People forget that. Patrick Mahomes also has Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy as his offensive gurus. Not to mention that he learned from Alex Smith for an entire year. Then you add on the fact that Kansas City may have the most diverse weapons in the NFL. You cannot tell me if Patrick Mahomes was drafted as most famously talked about, the Bears, that his career trajectory would be the same. It's unlikely he would have an MVP. It's unlikely he would have won a Super Bowl. Sometimes it's just your circumstances. It's just like if Lamar would have been drafted by the Browns. It probably wouldn't have worked out the same. It's not fair, in a sense. And you can, you can just, you know how you can just tell when somebody's MAGA? You can just tell that there are people that want, that get off on Lamar Jackson. They want him to fail. They do. They want him to fail. Very much so. You can tell it by the way that they tweet. You can tell it by the way that they... they, Like I saw just someone says that everything that Lamar Jackson from his MVP season is down this season. I guarantee you pretty much any quarterback that has an MVP season, the next season, most of the stuff is down. Patrick Mahomes, they don't want to tell you that. He threw like 70 touchdowns, and his MVP season wasn't great. The next season, got hurt, had issues. It was, you know, but he, you know, he won the Super Bowl, so people just forget that. Unfortunately, like a lot of the black quarterbacks before him, no matter what he does, even if he won a Super Bowl, even though that would quiet some critics, but even then, it won't be enough. It won't be enough. So the Donovan Gnabs, the Warren Moons, all this stuff, all of the Randall Cunninghams, the Michael Vicks, you know, before him, he ha- he's going to have to deal with it. 
And I hope he doesn't get in his own head. Because he's doing great. He's doing absolutely fine. He has the talent. He's going to be okay. Every season is not going to be an MVP season. There's going to be struggle. You're going to have it hard. Peyton Manning threw 13 interceptions his first year. Tom Brady, after he won the Super Bowl, had a, a, pre, a down year the next year where people were thinking maybe he's not the guy. Brett Favre famously didn't start great. John Elway, Troy Aikman. You're going to have ups and downs. It's not always going to be 50 touchdowns, 1,000-yard rushing, 4,000 yards passing. It just doesn't work like that. But because of the color of his skin, he gets critiqued differently. You can just tell. It's just a different type of critique. And honestly, some other quarterbacks are kind of, even if they are black, are kind of protected by this. Maybe it's because of the stardom. Maybe because, you know, Madden. Like, Deshaun Watson, you know, doesn't kind of feel that type of heat. But I think it's also because Deshaun Watson has really never hit that type of elevation. You know what I mean? Like, he's very good. He's got his contract. I mean, Deshaun Watson's good. 25 and 19 as a starter. 89, 86 touchdowns, 34 INTs. He's having a, you know, a pretty good season, you know, this year. But, you know, they're one in, what, one in six? One in five? One in six? But it just it's just certain people, I think, you know, Deshaun Watson won a national championship in Clemson. Goes to the Texans, he plays well. It's just different. It's just, there's something different about how the critiques are. And it's, it's very frustrating to me. It's very frustrating to me. But Lamar Jackson needs to keep his head up. Like, I can't, you know, I really want to go in on all of these people, but I really, I, I don't have the energy. I just, just follows Lamar Jackson at, at times. Um, you know, I would maybe stay off social media. Just, just keep on, keep it on. Just, you're fine. Trust me. Almost any team in the NFL, it will say, if we get, we drafted a quarterback in the first round. He's twenty four and five. He took us to the playoffs two years. This year we're five and two. He has twelve touchdowns and four interceptions. They'd be okay with that, and 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 he should be okay with that. I always can get better. I always can improve. But, you know, while you're improving, they're thinking of ways to stop you. And the team has to evolve. That's the thing about Kansas City. You got you to keep evolving. And you got to keep evolving. But, man, man, the media is, is, is terrible. We had some good boxing uh, over the weekend. Tank Davis with the uh, one-punch a knockout of Leo Santa Cruz, the monster, anyway, uh, with also a uh, pretty much a one-punch uh, knockout. It's always good to get boxing back in the limelight, my favorite sport to cover uh, live. Nothing, nothing can compare to the electricity in an arena when a one-punch knockout happens i assume the reason is it's like it's really fighting sports so ufc or mma and boxing really the only two sports 
that no matter what's happening within those rounds, you just snap your finger and it can be over. I was talking about this with my wife. Like, no matter, like, if you are watching football, you know, you have to drive up and down the field. If it goes into sudden death, overtime, you know, if someone kicks a field goal, there's still, like, some time, you know, you're watching it. You can prepare yourself. Is it going left? Is it going right? If someone's running in for a touchdown, you know, some length to that. Even a deep pass, like, oh, it's deep. You know, like, it's not sudden because you're watching that. Same thing in basketball. Even uh, you say, hey, maybe a game-winning shot in basketball or uh, like a game-winning shot in hockey. You know, I think hockey's very exciting, especially in the playoffs. There's still, like, if someone shoots a three to win a game, like there's that momentary second or two that you're kind of holding your breath while it's, it's in the air. Same thing with, like, if you're shooting a puck, it's like, it's, it's that momentary, you know, it's going in, it's not going in. Like, it's just that, that's the difference between, I say, boxing, uh, MMA, and, and every other sport is that you have no second. You have, there is no, the reaction is an after reaction, not a before reaction. So, like, if I see Steph Curry pulling up for the game winner, I'm preparing myself, taking that breath, and then I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, goes in, then you react. In boxing, it happens. Then you react. Everything, all the, you know, it happens. And I don't think nothing beats that, you know, nothing beats that in sports. And it also is really the only sport where you can be, let's say it's a 12-round fight or a five-round fight. It's the only sport where you can be down. You can lose every round, every minute, every second of one of, of, of the entire fight. And with two seconds to go, still win the fight. Like in basketball, you can't be down 100 to nothing. <laughs> and then with, a, you know, 30 seconds to go, get a 101-point play. You know, it, it's just not. Even the Falcons in football can't can't do that. If you're up, you know, 30 to nothing, you know, with, with 30 seconds to go, there's no way to come back. But in, in boxing, you can't at any time. At any time. Boxing is also the only... The only sport where you can get knocked down five times, but as long as you get up, you have an opportunity to knock somebody out one time and it'd be over. There's a lot of politics in boxing. We don't necessarily get all of the fights that we should get, but when we do get them and they're entertaining, you know, people will, you know, watch. You know, unfortunately, there's just so much corruption and disinformation and sanctioning bodies and belts it's sad it's sad like you see stuff like Deontay Wilder stuff like that makes me sad like don't don't you don't say that about your trainer don't make excuses there's nothing more in life I hate than excuses take your medicine and keep it moving took your L keep it moving you know I think Tank definitely has the potential to be a big big star uh, as I talked to him uh, last week, you know, just, just you know, let's stay on the straight and narrow. Let's not put our hands, you know, on women. Let's not get caught up with the cops. Let's stay focused because you have this ability. You have this God-gifted ability. Don't You don't want to blow it. Leo Santa Cruz, one of the nicest men in boxing, one of the nicest families in boxing. Take a risk. 
that's that's the type of boxers that get respected. That's the type of boxers that make it to the Hall of Fame. You know, take a risk. You knew it was going to be tough. You knew you was in there with a, a hard puncher. Not scared. You dare to be great. People respect that. Nobody thinks less of Leo Santa Cruz today. And if they do, they're idiots. Now, hopefully, um, the you know, once again, hopefully you get those fights that you want. You want to get those Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney and Teofimo Lopez. And hell, if Lomachenko still wants to, to fight, the Gary Russells that are out there, you know, like you, you want those fights to happen. One of the greatest things about boxing, at least back in the day, is you just get those round-robin fights, you know, the Hearns, the Hagglers, uh, you know, those type of fights, the Lennots, the Durans, you know, you used to get the heavyweight fights, you used to get the Foremans and the Ali's and the Frazier's, you know, you, you know and the Norton's and stuff, you used to get those round-robin fights, you don't get that enough, we don't get enough uh, rematches and trilogies of good fights. They don't fight as often, so it's hard to get it. Like you know, that that's what made boxing great. You know, so like you know, if Tank Davis he fights him, what is this November? Well, I guess it was Halloween. You know, but basically the end of the year. You know, don't I don't want to have to wait to see him fight again, not to May, June, July. Get back in there and and take your time off, and get back in there with a big fight. Dare to be great. Don't just be in there to make money. Like, I want you to make money. I want people to make money. But, you know, dare to be great. Make the, the, the sport what it really should be. That's why I like Teofimo Lopez. Like, I win or lose, I'm daring to be great. And I even give credit to Lomachenko. Like I, you know, this is a young guy coming in with all this power, bigger than me, I'm going to try. There, there's no downside to dare to be great. I know people talk about, you know, the Floyd Mayweather, the people get obsessed with being undefeated, but nobody thinks of Sean Porter any differently because he got a couple of L's. You don't know until you challenge yourself. I mean, to me, Sean Porter has had a better career than Bud Crawford. And I'm not saying that Bud Crawford is, is or Sean Porter is a better fighter than Bud Crawford. I'm just saying... Look at who Sean Porter's fought. <laughs> Those are big fights. I mean, Sean Porter's fought Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, uh, Sean, uh, Earl Spence. You know, he's fought like, you know, the, the, the upper echelon. Kell Brook in his prime. Give me the fighter that, you know, took the, the hard fights, took the good fights, win or lose over the guy that's undefeated and, you know, you can't figure out who they fought if you ask them. Give me give me that guy over that. That's just that's just my personal opinion. Alright, let's get into what in the blue hell. What in the blue hell? Honestly, I really just, that's really what I wanted to talk about. The election of Lamar Jackson and boxing. In the immortal words of Roger Mayweather. People don't know about boxing. It's so true. You can always see it on a big fight night. People have no idea what they're watching. But you know, they're there for you know they're for the knockouts. They don't see the subtleties of it. The slipping of the punch, the angle of the punch, the footwork, the cat and mouse that's going on. 
I would advise anyone uh, who likes boxing to like go spar, like just one time. Trust me, that's all you need. <laughs> you know, go to a gym, get in the little ring, put your headgear on, and just spar for like two, three minutes. Then you kind of realize what you know. You can't realize it on a high level, but just exactly what it's like to have somebody like right in front of you trying to punch your freaking head off. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, did you see the little fight between um, Javon Williams of the the the, uh, the Bears and uh, was it Chauncey Gardner Johnson of the Saints? I mean, Michael Thomas tried to beat up Chauncey too, so obviously he has a way of getting um, under people's skin. The, the the situation though is this: um, you know they have a helmet on, so <laughs> your punches are, are not going to be effective when you're hitting someone in, in the helmet. Maybe you know the ears are ring a little bit, but in general, punching a fist uh, into a metal object uh, is not beneficial for you in a fight. So here's what I would suggest, okay? If you got beef uh, with a football player and, you know, you, you try to snatch the chain like uh, uh, a, a quib to leap, my suggestion is go to the body. Uh, the body's normally exposed. See, that's the problem with a lot of boxers. They head hunt. And, you know, some of, some of these boxers got hard head. You got to go to the body. You want to knock down Triple G, you got to go down to the body. You got a head like granite. Him and Canelo got heads like granite. You got to go to the body. So next time you want to brawl, because according to, to, to Wims, he, he spit on him, which, you know, is a good reason to be upset, I would say. <laughs> go to the body. A couple jabs to the body. You hit anybody to the body when they're not expecting it, no matter how big or how small they are, they're going to lose their breath. Then, you know, maybe you can hit them with a stunner. But, you know, winding up and punching as hard as you can in the side of somebody's helmet is, is not going to do anything. You know, maybe try to get an uppercut in. Maybe you can go underneath the, hit the chin strap. But to the side of the head is, is not the move. I'm just letting you know. I'm, I'm trying to be helpful here next time that you want to have a fight next time you want to have a fight that that's what you got to do go to the body trust me go to the body i don't think you should be suspended uh by the way i really don't I, you know, give him a five i mean if somebody spits on you you probably would get upset uh you guys ever seen minister society oh my wife gets so bad when i Action stuff like that. <laughs> like, hey, hey, sweetie, have you ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? <laughs> like, no, I haven't. But yeah, but if you've seen you seen Minister Society, I think probably the majority of you have. It's kind of like you know how everybody's seen Boys in the Hood, but maybe the better movie is Minister Society. Maybe a little more accurate movie. It's supposed to have Tupac in it, but he got into a fight. Long story. Was that the one that Tupac was supposed to be in, or was it Baby Boy with Tyrese? Might have been Baby Boy. Might have been both. I'm not sure. But anyway, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, you know, after a bunch of nefarious things are happening throughout the movie, um, you know how it goes. And in, in, in those type of movies at the back in the 90s, uh, all of those gang movies, and, you know, the protagonist or the star uh, does a lot of things, try to redeem himself at the end, but normally ends up getting shot or one of his friends gets shot or one of his family gets shot. 
in this case, the protagonist who was trying to do all the right things at that time. It was trying to get away from the streets. Uh, life catches up with him and he is shot. But in the process of getting shot, he protects uh, his girlfriend who was trying to leave with a kid, son, who was like, like five years old. He got caught in the crossfire. He ends up dying. The kid uh, stays alive and in scene. Uh, but it, this actually happened in real life in Houston. A rapper named Montana 22 uh, was coming back to his apartment, his girlfriend's apartment, I believe. And some shooters were waiting on him. And, but they didn't care that he was with his girlfriend's son. And they just shot him. And he protected the son, you know, took the shots, unfortunately. And this is the sad part is that it's not a movie. But the son passed away uh, as well. And to me, the, the the thing about this that is bad, like, look, I hate I hate guns violence, I hate gang violence. I don't like anybody to get shot. I don't know what type of beef people are having, but we take life too senselessly. So my thing is, you know, if you got some sort of beef, you know, fight it out. But if you go, I mean, even if you're don't don't do it with the kid. Though. Come on now, there has to be some rules of engagement. If you see a kid, you know, just, just, you gotta wait another day. Cause you know, there's no, there's no coming back, you know, from that. It's really not very, very sad story. Uh, thankfully there was not anybody murdered when John Jones chased after a potential burglar with a 12 gauge shotgun. John Jones is always in these weird situations. You know, for someone that's, you know, famous and rich, he, I mean, he, he doesn't go like a month or two without you know, something at the strip club, something, you know, he, he was beating up kids that was spray painting, doing some riots, like the cops, he's always, it's just always something. I guess he had a camera set up outside of his, looking down on his garage. And um, somebody came up in his garage, was looking in his cars. Yeah, a lot of cars out there too, like four or five. They should put them inside the garage. Just saying. I'm just saying, I know it's easier access if it's, you know, in the driveway, but still. He ran out there with a shotgun and tapped on the guy's shoulder. Now, he's lucky because, you know, you got to be careful with stuff like that. You know, if you tap on the the window with a gun and the guy has hiding the gun, he'll shoot you. You got to be careful with that. Thankfully, everybody is okay. He went, of course, like everybody, he went to social media to ask if he did the right thing or not, and I mean, I, it's dangerous, but, you know, he's protected his house. Ah, water. I had to do some more live streams. I haven't done a lot. Maybe I'll do a live stream tomorrow. An election live stream. How about that? If you smell what the rock is cooking. What was the other thing I want to talk about here? Oh, uh, Patrick Mahomes' uh, fiance now, Brittany Matthews, uh, went on... Uh, was that? She was on Instagram doing like a Q&A and they asked her, you know, were they planning to have a baby? And she said, no, but, <laughs> you know, they wasn't, um, they wasn't trying not to have a baby. I guess that's a, a, a way of saying no pullout season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, listen, listen, listen. Mahomes is happy. That's all that matters. It just something seems off to me. I just, I got to admit it. It just something really, really seems off about that relationship. And I'm just I'm just giving observations. 
And Fruit said, well, you can't judge that relationship. You don't know what's going on inside of their household on a daily basis, right? You mind your own business. Nah, 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 nah. That's right. That's true. I'm not even debating that. You're exactly correct. You're 100% correct. But, you know, hey, I got a podcast. I got stuff to talk about. <laughs> and I just, you know, just give an observation. I hope it's, I hope I'm wrong. I'm over there, like, super happy. But something seems off. Something seems off. You know, I wonder if society, I don't know. I don't know. You think society, if, if, if Lamar Jackson was a, you know, light-skinned with a white woman, you, you think people would be different towards him? You know, I always say the thing about Lamar Jackson is he is just a black guy. <laughs> like he's not, and I'm not saying like he's trying to be anything, you know, think just what he is, but it's just, he's just the guy, if you went to the barbershop in the hood, you would see sitting there. <laughs> you know, he's not, you know, white people like to separate Black people, like even their black quarterbacks, even though they're all black, there's no difference. But they they the, the they try to separate them, like you know Russell Wilson and and Patrick Mahomes are like the, the good black quarterbacks, perception wise. You know Cam Newton is the little he's he's out there, he's a little too out there for them. He's not like the you know the barbershop black, but he's you know he's he's his own, he's flamboyant. That's what they say. That's why Jeff Garcia was talking all crazy. Then you got, like, Lamar Jackson's a, you know, black guy. Just a regular black guy. They, they don't seem to, to like that very much. But I really wonder if, if you know, if Lamar Jackson was a, you know, had a a voice like uh, Porky Pig, you know, how, how, would, how would he be uh, received then if he had an average white woman as well? Maybe differently, maybe not. I don't know. I know if, as he looks now, if he showed up with Barbie, there definitely would be some issues. <laughs> there would definitely be some issues if he showed up uh, with Barbie. If he showed up with Pamela Anderson <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> there would definitely be some issues. The Injustice League. Lil Wayne, Lil Weezy, <laughs> uh, he's endorsing uh, Trump along with uh, Lil Pump. And Brett Favre and Jack Nicholson and some others. Political endorsements are in pretty much any other time period is probably not that big of a deal. That that's the thing. Like normally, normally, your political affiliation it would maybe raise an eyebrow, but you know it's like it's one of those things. Like if you say you're Catholic or you you know you're Baptist, like it's 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 normally just a thing. Like say, oh, you know, oh, he's you know, he's a black Republican. He ain't raised an eyebrow. <laughs> but when you support Trump, that's like a totally different thing. That's saying a lot. But if you really dig deeper, what you're finding out, I say, if one thing that that Trump has helped expose is that there are certain things or certain people. You know, we you only know the public perception, which in general is fine. Like I'm not saying you have to have your whole personal life out there in the streets but a lot of athletes and celebrities you just know their personal you know I should say their professional perception like most people say well I, I know Brett Favre okay I mean what do you know about Brett Favre I mean he just played quarterback he was the gunslinger 
he does Wrangler commercials. And you know, once you start digging deeper, it was like, hmm, this guy, you know, was sending dick pictures to people. You know, stole a million dollars from the welfare office in Mississippi. And he's, he supports Trump out loud. And I'm like, hmm. People are like starting to realize, hey, you know, that all may be correlated. You know, Lil Wayne has said many times he doesn't support Black Lives Matter. He, he likes cops. He hasn't experienced racism. Okay. And shouldn't be surprising that he, he supports Trump. You know Tiger Woods supports Trump. I mean, someone like Lil Pump, it's just nobody's talking about him no more. So that's what you do. If you're Lil Pump or you're Takashi 6 9 or whatever, you try to get a little clout off Trump before he wins or loses. It's understandable. It's sad, but I understand why they're doing it. But I do think it's, it's, I think it's, it's insulting to think Lil Wayne is going to change, you know, black people's vote or Kanye or somebody like that. We're not that dumb. It's Lil Wayne. Like his music. That's it. You know, it's not surprising that Jack Nicholas, who, you know, played on all white courses, that he made, you know, black people can come is for Trump. Shouldn't be surprising, you know, at all. All these people coming out the woodwork at the last, you know, moment. I mean, it's Lil Wayne, you know. He's a drug addict. Hey, if, if you're making your vote based off Lil Wayne, I don't, I don't want your vote. I, I seriously, I don't want your vote. If you're making your, your vote off Lil Wayne, then I, I don't want to hear it. Or Kanye or something like that. And I, I said this, and I mean it. I mean it. You, you hear there's a lot of ex-athletes that promote Trump. The reason they do that is because they're old and they're set in their ways. Like, they don't have to deal with the media every single day. But trust me when I tell you, there's a lot of current athletes that feel exactly the same way. There's a lot of current Brett Favre's out there. I'm sure if there's 32 quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now, I would I would imagine half of them are voting for Trump. Let's go through the list. I'm just going to guess. I don't know for sure, okay? I'm just get, guessing. This is a list of starting quarterbacks in 2020. And it may be a little bit more than 32 because of, you know, uh, you know how it goes, uh, the injuries and stuff like that. So here we go. List of starting quarterbacks uh, as of, what's this, 2020. Where are we at? Are we right here? Are we doing it now? Okay, they, they don't have all the injured quarterbacks, but I try to remember. Let's see. So Kyler Murray. I, I would say Kyler Murray is, uh, I don't count him out. I don't, say, I, don't say he's, I don't say he, if he votes, because someone probably not even voting. I say he's biting. Matt Ryan, I, I, I think Matt Ryan, Ryan is biting. He's pretty strong with the Black Lives Matter, but, the, you know, they don't tell you anything. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I say he's Biden if he's voting. Josh Allen, definitely. <laughs> definitely is Trump. So that's one. I should probably make some notes, but we're going to try to go along as we go. Teddy Bridgewater, let's say Biden. Nick Foles, definitely Biden. I mean, definitely Trump. That's two. Joe Burrow, mm, I think Joe Burrow's Trump. I do. So that's three. Baker Mayfield, I think Baker Mayfield is, is Biden. Think. I don't give him the benefit of the doubt. The Cowboys, so you know, Dak is probably is is. Well, I don't know about Dak. 
Dak, I'm going to say Dak is Biden. Andy Dalton, mm, I'll say Andy Dalton's Trump. So is that four? All right, four. Uh, Drew Locke, I'll say is Biden. Stafford is Trump. That's five. Aaron Rodgers, Biden. Watson, Biden. Philip Rivers, Trump. Yeah, definitely Trump. That's six. Guard Minshew, I'll say Trump. That's seven. Patrick Mahomes, I'll say Biden. Derek Carr, ooh. That's a tough one. I don't say undecided on that one. Herbert, I don't say Biden. Golf, I want to say Trump. That's seven. Tua, I don't say Biden. Kirk Cousins, I'm going to say definitely Trump. That's eight. Cam Newton, Biden. Drew Brees is definitely Trump. Nine. Daniel Jones is Trump. Ten. Sam Donald's probably Trump. Eleven. Carson Wentz, probably Trump. Twelve. Ben Roethlisberger, Trump, 13. Jimmy G's probably Trump, 14. Russell Wilson's probably Biden. Tom Brady, ooh, Tom Brady's probably Trump. Was that 15, 16? That's 15. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I would say Trump. So it's 17. And it was Kyle Allen, Trump, 19. Did I get that right? I probably got it wrong. Hold on, let me see. I got to count back again. One, two, uh, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> I was right on the money. I didn't even have to do it. I guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, right on the money. Trump just said he signed an executive order to establish the 1776 Commission, which stopped the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our school. All that means is that they don't want you to know about slavery. That's all. They don't want you to know any of the bad uh, stuff. <laughs> That's all. They want you to think that America is, you know, what we've been lied about for our entire lives. Um, that's all that is. So yeah, yeah. Most of your, most of your quarterbacks are MAGA. A lot of, lot of baseball players are probably voting for Trump. Don't remember the I, I BSO did the report on how the the NBA owners say they Black Lives Matter, but then give money to Trump under the table. So some of your NBA players and and definitely owners are voting for Trump. A lot of NFL uh, players, the offensive line specifically. <laughs> Voting for Trump. Don't be fooled. You cannot be. You cannot be fooled anymore. I'm not gonna let you be fooled anymore. This is just the truth that's happening right now. Keep the same energy. This last segment has nothing to do with politics or football or boxing or basketball or anything like that. This is just me trying to make sure that you have a happy and healthy relationship. So Cardi B called off her divorce to Offset. Offset? And Offset, in turn, <laughs> did an Instagram post showing that Cardi B uh, was sweeping the bathroom, I guess after a party or something like that, and making fun of her because on WAP, 
she said that, you know, she doesn't cook it clean, but she still got that ring. And offset, offset, point out that that's a lie. <laughs> and this is very important because I think, and this is not just Cardi B, this is, you know, uh, Swati or Sweetie, whatever that girl name is, talking about Birkin bags or the Real Housewives or Beyonce or whoever. It's very important uh, for you, ladies and gentlemen, to know that all that stuff's fake, okay? It's, it's a couple of things that you need to know. First off, it's all fake, meaning that people say stuff all the time they don't really mean. Uh, people rap about stuff that's not true. Uh, people say things on reality show that, that, that would never happen in real life. And you have to realize that you're dealing with real life people. Everybody's different, right? Everybody's unique. Uh, what you need and what you want in relationships are uh, different. You have to stop listening to celebrities. And you have to stop having the one phrase that I may hate more than any other phrase in the world. And you know what that is? Relationship goals. The only goal in your relationship should be what works for you. Not what works for anybody else. You can't, you can't, I hate when, when a, a rap song comes out and they, they pick a line like that and they say, lady, no, no, you know. Remember when, 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 when Beyonce came out with single ladies or, or irreplaceable? Like, sometimes that stuff don't apply to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not Beyonce. You know, we're not Jay-Z. We're not Quavo. Quavo! Yeah, you, you got to understand, you are you who you are. You're good at what you do. Your good qualities, relationship qualities are what they are. Some people don't care about material things. Some people do. You just have to realize who you're talking to, who you're dealing with. Love language, affirmation. It's just, it, you have to determine what that is. You can't just go off of what someone on social media says. I say the best the worst advice you can get is from people on Twitter. People say anything for clout on Twitter, but you don't know what's really going on in their lives. And it's not just celebrities. You see all the YouTubers and the Instagram, the, the TikTokers and stuff. That's why the relationships are all messed up because you're trying to live up to something that's not real. It's a fantasy. Like, social media, it can be good. Yeah, I met my wife through Twitter. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that you have to be able to sift through the the sewage. And you can't, you know, you know, there's there's only so many people in the world that can buy a Birkin bag. You know, if you work at Target, okay, no offense, and you bring nothing to the table, you know, the chance of you, you know, maybe running into somebody that could buy you a Birkin bag is, is, is low. That doesn't mean you can't find happiness and joy. It just means that your expectations of whoever your 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 circle of people that you're running into is 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 warped. So something that Beyonce tells you, you you're not in that circle. Yeah, you know, that's like when Kim Kardashian's like, I'm at the private island. I mean that's 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 great. You're at the private island, but she's so you know they're outside of the norm. So to them, just swooping up and taking 30 people to a private island, that's like normal. When you have so much money, you can just do whatever. That doesn't, make you, it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy. Imagine being married to Kanye. You have all the money in the world. You can do whatever you want to do. That doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. I learned that a long time ago. 
and I'm not rich or anything, but I was very, very poor at one point. <laughs> I was very, very poor. And he's like, well, man, if I just had money, I'd be happy. And I think, you know, I don't want to, to, I don't want to be one of those people to say, well, money, you know, is the root of all evil and money. Is that, and that's not necessarily true. Trust me, it's much better to be able to pay your bills than not. It's, it's, it's much, it's much nicer to be able to go into a car dealership and just be like, this is the car I want. Or go to a restaurant, like, this is the food I want. Or go to, like, a, you know, a store, like, this is the shirt I want. Or this is what I want to buy my, you know, wife and, and, and not really be stressed about it. Trust me, that's a beautiful thing. But it, deep down, it doesn't necessarily, you know, it, that those are, like, practical things, not emotional things. So you're happy. You got to find someone to, to, to make you happy. And you're not going to find it listening to Cardi B. Like, that's just a coincidence of circumstances. The chances of uh, a stripper with no ed- with very low education becoming an international, you know, superstar, it's like one in a billion. Like, it doesn't happen often. It happens from time to time, but it doesn't happen often. So you can't bank on, on stuff like that. You know how many rappers there are in the world? Like, honestly, you, 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 there's... there's probably at least a million or more that have at least one song or something out there. But how many rappers do you really know? They're like, you know, it seems easy, but it's not. Like the, the, unfortunately, the rapper that got killed that I talked about earlier, Montana Twins, he's 40 years old. He's been rapping his whole adult life. And before he got shot, I looked at his YouTube, his song had like, 300 views. And granted, I mean, 300 is better than zero, but still. So what I'm saying is, understand where you're at in your life and then have some set goals that you want. Some do's, some don'ts, some must-haves, some I just will not accept, which is perfectly fine. Your preferences are fine. But then let's just be realistic. And, and stop getting your advice from Cardi B and Kim Kardashian and, and Swati. You trust me, you'll be you'll be much much happier. You just concentrate on what makes you happy. All right, so have a good election day. I'm getting pizza and wings. I don't get pizza and wings because either way, it's gonna be something else. But more importantly, especially if you look like us, uh, be safe. Um, you may have the urge to want to go out and and depending on the outcome, but. Just just really, really be safe. And just remember, the sun's going to come up tomorrow regardless of what happens. And we have to keep living regardless of what happens. And, and they, I know it could go one way and everybody's going to be depressed. It can go another way. You can maybe breathe a sigh of relief. But best thing you can do is try to be the best person that you can be uh, every single day. And if you're doing that, I know it sounds hokey, but everything will be all right. Be sure to check out the website, blacksportsonline.com, and register for my email list for all the new updates. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSOTV, and much appreciation to my podcast partners at ABF Creative for all their hard work in making this weekly podcast a success. I'm out.